Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. On Monday, we began looking at a talk given by Dale G. Renlin, who is a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He gave a talk in General Conference on October 1st, 2022, titled A Framework for Personal Revelation. In each broadcast, I brought forth a statement that was made by a Puritan writer, John Owen. John Owen lived between 1616 and 1683, and he said, If private revelations agree with Scripture, they are needless. If they disagree, they are false. And during this series, I've been mentioning how I think if I were to read that statement to Dale Renlund, he would probably say he agrees with John Owen. And you might ask, well, how can that be? It's because Scripture for a Latter-day Saint is different than Scripture for a New Testament Christian. We base what we believe to be true on the writings of the New Testament and the Old Testament, whereas Latter-day Saints, they start from an entirely different foundation. And as we brought out in previous broadcasts, Renlin admits that it has to start with Joseph Smith. In yesterday's show, we read what Renlin said in his talk where he says, In response, the, the Lord revealed that no one shall be appointed to receive commandments and revelations in this church excepting my servant Joseph Smith until I shall appoint another in his stead. Where does the footnote point us to? It points us to Doctrine and Covenants section 28 verses 2 and 7. Now, what's ironic about that is that's Joseph Smith talking. He's the one who had that revelation, and he's the one that said that. He said, if there's anyone who has the authority to receive revelation, it's me. And obviously, after Joseph Smith is gone, it's going to be given to his successor. Is that a wise way of determining truth? We would say, no, it is not. But Renlin does. And so when he says that we have to turn to the scriptures. And he does say that in his talk. He's not talking about the same scriptures we are talking to. So this is something we have to keep in mind when we're talking with our LDS friends. We ended yesterday's show by a story that Dale Renlin tells in this talk, where he says, Years ago, I received a phone call from an individual who had been arrested for trespassing. He told me it had been revealed to him that additional scripture was buried under the ground floor of a building he tried to enter. He claimed that once he obtained the additional scripture, he knew he would receive the gift of translation, bring forth new scripture, and shape the doctrine and direction of the church, capital C, so obviously it's a reference to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He goes on to say, I told him that he was mistaken. And he implored me to pray about it. I told him I would not. He became verbally abusive and ended the phone call. I did not need to pray about this request for one simple but profound reason. 
Only the prophet receives revelation for the church. It would be contrary to the economy of God. And as we brought out, Eric, that's basically the same argument we use with Latter-day Saints when they try to get us to pray about the Book of Mormon. I have no reason to pray about the Book of Mormon because based on examination and evidence, clearly this contradicts Scripture. The LDS view of personal revelation is a tricky subject, Bill, because what exactly does that mean? It almost seems like he contradicts himself here after after saying that he did not pray, and yet, yet you can have personal revelation. Emeritus BYU professor Robert L. Millett said, and this was quoted in the Deseret News, March 16, 2003, he said, Our blessing is that we, as Latter-day Saints, believe in personal revelation. Our curse is that we believe in personal revelation. That's the honest fact for me. There is a risk associated with the position we take toward God's ability to speak to you and me. Well, I find it so convenient that Joseph Smith would put himself as the only real authority for giving revelation and ultimately Latter-day Saint scripture, which would include, of course, the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. But this raises a question for me, because Renlin says he has no desire to pray about this revelation that this man that called him up claimed to have had. But yet, what do you do with other people who were members of the church who claim that they have received revelation? The person that I'm thinking of right now is, you remember, Christopher Nemelka back in 2010 gave a talk here in Salt Lake City, and we went down to the Salt Lake Cemetery to listen to his attorney, a guy by the name of Rodney Vessels, who's since passed away. But Rodney Vessels was dedicating, you might say, this headstone for Christopher Namelka. And what made it odd is Christopher Namelka is still alive, and yet here's a headstone in the Salt Lake Cemetery in the Smith section of the Salt Lake Cemetery. Well, why is that? It's because Christopher Namelka, he claimed that when he was on duty as a security guard in the Salt Lake Temple back on June 16, 1987, he was visited by Joseph Smith. And Joseph Smith told Christopher Namelka that he, Namelka, is the reincarnated Hiram Smith, or Joseph Smith's brother, the brother who was killed on the same day as Joseph Smith was killed, June 27, 1844. Namelka proceeded to bring forth what he called the translation of the sealed portion of the gold plates. He wrote a book, this came out in 2005, titled The Sealed Portion, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. My question is, is why should a Latter-day Saint feel like they shouldn't be inclined to pray about Christopher Namelka's revelatory claims. Well, Renlund would say it's because Joseph Smith already set the standard. Only he can do that, and those that are successors of Joseph Smith, which would include going clear down the line to Brigham Young, John Taylor, so on and so forth. But yet, Christopher Namelka in the context of Mormonism, you might say, had some pretty uh, incredible credentials bringing forth this huge book that he claimed he translates from the sealed portion of the plates, and we should probably explain what we mean by that. Joseph Smith 
only translated the unsealed portion of the gold plates. They were about six inches deep of gold plates, and he only translated the top two inches. The rest were sealed, and God did not, apparently did not want him to translate the sealed portion. Well, Namelka comes up and claims that God told him to translate the sealed portion, and that's what he has in this book that he has published. Bill, you did an article on our website, mrm.org slash Christopher hyphen Namelka, and you can see the videos that you took and the time that we were there at the cemetery, and then afterward when he went to a, a, a church to talk more about him being uh, Hiram Smith. But uh, this book, The Sealed Portion, is a very popular book even today. It was written in 2005. It, it's rated very highly uh, still on Amazon and has over 500 reviews. It's a five-star book. But I want to read a portion off of the Amazon site that was produced by Namelka to tell you a little bit about this. This is what it says. The sealed portion, another testament of Jesus Christ, is the second part of the Book of Mormon, which millions of people throughout the world accept as the Word of God, along with the Bible. When he received the plates, Joseph Smith relates that two-thirds of them were sealed. The angel Moroni commanded him not to break the seals, but to translate only the portions of the plates that was unsealed. It was prophesied that the sealed portion of the plates would one day be given to the people of the world. Claiming to have received the same instructions to translate the sealed portion of the gold plates, an obscure man, once an active member of the LDS faith, who goes only by the name of Christopher, has published the remaining sealed portion. Though others have made similar claims before him, none has ever testified that he received the Urim and Thummim that was prepared by God to translate the plates, and none has made the claim that he has received the exact same gold plates that were in Joseph Smith's possession, except for Christopher. This book is a result of that translation. The most accurate and precise account ever given of the life of Christ is contained within the pages, including his early years with his family, his youth, baptism, marriages, mission, and death. Moroni explains the atonement, the LDS temple endowment, and some of the hidden symbolism of the book of Revelation. Along with the translation of the sealed portion, the first part of the gold plates that was translated by Joseph Smith Jr. and subsequently lost by his scribe Martin Harris is also included in this extraordinary work. This part is known as the Book of Lehi, the lost 116-page manuscript. The full text of Joseph Smith's reported first vision, in which he claims to have been visited by God the Father and Jesus Christ, is also included in the book. The reader is led from blindness into the light as he or she discovers the truths written within these pages. That very well, Bill, could have been written by Joseph Smith, the same kind of bravado that Smith seemed to have. Well, uh, certainly Christopher Namelka has the same attitude. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Eric, because uh, really Christopher Namelka has produced no more than what Joseph Smith really produced. Nobody ever saw the gold plates except in vision. I know there are Mormon apologists that want to argue that. They can argue it till they're blue in the face. That's fine. That's their choice. But the fact is the three witnesses we know saw them in vision. And, and there's there's also... Even LDS historians who, who believe that that could be said also of the eight, eight witnesses as well. But Namelka produces nothing. Joseph Smith produces nothing. But yet, Joseph Smith said, these are the criteria that you will use for embracing a true prophet. And I am him. I am the true prophet. I'm the only one that can give you 
revelatory messages that you are to believe as doctrine. Well, Namelka does basically the same thing. And yet, why is it that Latter-day Saints don't want to give him at least the try of praying about his credentials? Well, and I asked the question, Bill, did Dale G. Renlin ever pray about the sealed portion? I'm sure he won't because of what we read in his talk here when he talks about that man who called him up about Scripture being under a floor of a building. He says, I did not need to pray about this request for one simple but profound reason. Only the prophet receives revelation for the church. It would be contrary to the economy of God. Well, it's contrary to the economy of God as it's been described by Joseph Smith himself. In fact, the reference for that last statement, contrary to the economy of God, goes to a book produced by the LDS Church titled Teachings of Presidents of the Church, Joseph Smith. This is why we go in two different directions. The foundation from which we begin is so different. The reason why I'm stressing that is because it's a very important principle to understand when we're trying to communicate with our LDS friends and acquaintances. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know you can also listen to past broadcasts at your convenience? Simply go to Mormonism Research Ministries' website at mrm.org. Again, that's mrm.org. And scroll down to the box that says, Listen to the Podcast. Click here, and you'll find links to past shows that cover a number of pertinent subjects. Feel free to download the shows to your favorite listening device, and by all means, please share them with your friends. Once again, that's mrm.org.